and catch. And Michael Thomas, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, did not report for the start of Saints training camp on Thursday. That's also according to Rappaport. Thomas has been in negotiations with the Saints for weeks, but apparently he's not showing up until a deal gets done. He's reportedly seeking upwards of $20 million annually in contract talks, which would make him the highest paid receiver in the NFL. In Major League Baseball, x-rays have come back negative on Enrique Hernandez's hand. Matt Carpenter will remain on his rehab assignment through the early part of the weekend. That's according to Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. And finally, Jeff McNeil will be out of the Mets lineup on Thursday due to what the Metropolitans are calling heavy legs. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. Our number two is upon us here on the BFFs. Frank Stample, Greg Sussman here hanging out for the next hour. Virginia Zonkis will join us coming up at about 3.20 Eastern to go over all the latest injuries. We'll make sure we'll call Virginia. Get her online coming up at about 3.20 p.m. Eastern time. Frank, we did some breaking baseball news that occurred during that hour, and that's that Blake Snell is going to have this um, loose body removed from his elbow. That's a six-week or so, four- to six-week injury, and the Rays... Who knows about their playoff standing at that point? He could be done for the year. Yeah, they say he's going to miss around four weeks with this injury. That seems a little bit optimistic to me. And obviously, he hasn't pitched up to the standards we were hoping this season. He's got a 4.28 ERA, a 1.25 whip. His underlying numbers are much better than that. But perhaps this is something that he has been dealing with. So, uh, yeah, Blake Snell, it's a huge blow for fantasy baseball owners. It's a huge blow for the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean... You know, they're, uh, they're right in the mix for the wild card, obviously. And, you know, they have a bunch of competitive games coming up. with the. They just played the Red Sox. They have another series coming up soon against the Boston Red Sox. So, obviously, they, they need Blake Snell healthy in order to make some noise here. Greg, do you think this opens up the opportunity for Tampa Bay to become buyers in the starting pitcher market? No, not at all. Think so? No, I, I think this... I think this ultimately could have them be sellers more than, more than any... That's sellers, but, like... Kind of realize anything, they'll just sit tight. They won't be sellers. Yeah, I, I see them more of that. They're still going to go for it. I see them more of sitting tight and, and seeing what they have, and ultimately, even they, their pitching. I mean, you could always make noise with pitching like that in the postseason. It's like you just get in if you and then anything if you're can happen. Healthy. They have one starter right now, Charlie Morton. That's it. Yeah, we saw Jalen Beeks as a starter. That didn't work out very well. Right. I mean, their starters are Yoni Chirinos, Ryan Yarbrough. I, that's it, man. You know, if I asked you right now, Greg. And I don't know, you might know this off the top of your head. Do you think Tampa Bay has a wild card spot right now? I have it up right in front of me. They do. They do not. Really? They're out of the second wild card spot right now. It's Cleveland and Oakland. Oakland, really? Cleveland and Oakland. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's why people wouldn't even realize that. Like, that's how far off the Tampa Bay Rays have actually fallen. They're still 11 games over 500, but 
you know, they've they've taken some lumps here. So the Oakland A's have now jumped them. The Cleveland Indians are leading the wild card. Don't look now. The, the Indians are like two games out of the American League Central, but huge blow for fantasy owners for the Tampa Bay Rays. Again, I think that four-week timetable for Blake Snell, it might even be well, That's what I just said. I said six weeks. Yeah, I, I think it's probably like four weeks. to six weeks. Yeah. At that point, what are we looking at? Mid-September? Ideally, the Rays would want to stay afloat, kind of be like right in that mix for that second wild card spot. And if they could sneak in and get maybe two to three starts out of Blake Snell down the stretch in order to just kind of like, you know, get his arm back in motion, get his legs underneath him a little bit, get him back in the flow of everything. If they can get those two starts down the stretch, then he would probably be good to go for a, a wild, wild card, card start. I agree with that. But- and obviously that's the guy that they would want on the mound, even as well as Charlie Morton has pitched. I think Blake Snell's still the guy they would want on the mound. But that's a long time coming and a long yep. time away. Blake Snell out four to six weeks, but he's not the only star that's going to be out for a while as Joey Gallo is undergoing surgery to re- repair a broken hamate bone in his right Did wrist. Did you see the tweet yesterday? Yeah. Everyone was making fun of uh, the, the beat reporter who reported it, Some, someone from uh, who covers the Texas Rangers. He wrote hamster bone. He probably got like autocorrected on sure. his phone. And everybody was just quote tweeting it with like, Punny type type stuff. It's pretty funny, Greg. You don't enjoy puns, Greg. What do you like? I mean, honestly, let's get down to this here. You don't like puns. I can't talk I, I, about I, I, the Riddler or say, superheroes or villains. Like puns. Like that pun didn't you don't like before. chocolate. You don't like bacon. You clearly like balsamic vinegar because it's all over your shirt. I have to point that out again, huh? You like dodgeball, or, or I mean, not you like kickball. But do you even like kickball? You like bunting in kickball. You don't even like kicking the I ball. Like, I like kickball. But you don't like kicking the ball. Well, I just think my biggest asset would be the ball. You like like nudging the ball with your foot. Right. That's not kickball. Right. That's nudge ball. You're playing nudge ball. You're playing bunt ball with your foot. So what are your top five things that you like in life, Greg? This is this is where we've we're, like, where we've come. Seems like a hard question. Can we talk about Joey Gallo? Top five things that you like in life, Greg. I like everything, man. Judy. Yeah. Salad. <laughs> <laughs> Like balsamic like, vinegar. Salad, balsamic vinegar, not. Spike ball. I do love spike ball. And, uh, and Rob Sussman. He's probably my dad. there. I love my mom. And obviously my Bob, sister. Mama Sussman. The entire Sussman family, all right? That makes the list. Right. Or top five. That's it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's Judy, it's salad, balsamic vinegar, spike ball, and, and the Sussman family. That's the top five things that Greg loves in life. I, I don't think that salad <laughs> or balsamic vinegar would get in there. And uh, movies that were uh, uh, nominated for whatever the award is. Oscars? Oscars? I don't like all Oscar movies, but I do feel like... We were talking downstairs about the Avengers movies and superhero movies, and of course Greg's like, ah, they're all the same. I hate them. They are. (laughs) But the only movies you like are like these hippie movies that are nominated for Oscars. That's not true at all. It's true. I don't just like hippie movies. I don't even like hippie movies. (laughs) I like good movies, I'm using the term hippie very loosely here. Clearly. I like good movies, man. I like good movies too. Name a good movie. Oh, this is this is dangerous. <laughs> this is very dangerous. Like I think uh, I'm very I'm very thirteen nervous, going on thirty. I like thirteen <laughs> going on thirty. It's a good movie. <laughs> I used to like that movie when I was younger. I was a big Jennifer Garner. Yeah, fan, Jennifer Garner is awesome. Yeah, I used uh, to I used to watch Alias religiously with my mother. Actually, really, it's a great show. I forget when you're twelve years old. Forget, I loved, dude. I loved Alias. It was, it was sick. So was it good when you were? I was twelve, so you were probably thirty. Right. Was it good? Well, I was thirteen going on thirty. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but if I said that joke, you would have looked at me like, "Oh, what an idiot!" No, I would have laughed. Joke. It was a callback to a conversation we just had. All right. So, uh, name a good movie. It's a good movie. 
The Departed is a very good movie. Yeah. Uh, Inception's a good movie. Oh, so you're just going to go down uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movies now. It's a, it works for me. Yeah. It works for me. Are these all, all also nominated for Oscars? They probably were. Inception was not. No, <laughs> uh, no the Shutter, was. The Shutter was Island. Good. Shutter Island was a bad movie. Really? I liked it. Really? Yeah. It was, I got really annoyed by the ending. I like uh, movies that mess movies? with your mind. Sure, of course. Shutter Island. Shutter Island. I, I was annoyed by the ending. So you liked Inception over Shutter Island? Yes. Not close for you? No. No, it's not close. close for you? It's pretty close. I think I got to go back and rewatch them. I saw both in theaters, actually. I don't think I did. I only saw Shutter Island in theaters. I'll give you The Departed. It's actually a good movie. All right, we'll talk about Joey Gallo and a whole lot more, how it affects our win totals next Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. So back here with you on the BFFs, Virginia Zock is coming up in about nine minutes or so from now. But uh, you were, I was joking before, not joking before, I was telling you before, and you turned into a joke, Frank. But Joey Gallo undergoing surgery on his hamate bone in his right wrist. We know that saps power uh, definitively from these guys. Joey Gallo, all power, as strong as you get. Uh, brutal injury uh, for Joey Gallo and for the Rangers. Absolutely. I mean, he was having a career year this season, 253, 22 home runs. Uh, he was still striking out a ton, but he was hitting more line drives this season. He was hitting the ball harder than ever. Not that I could have imagined that being possible. 51.9% hard hit rate. So this is a pretty big blow. Obviously, he missed some time uh, earlier on in the season with the oblique injury, and now he's got this hamate bone. So it looks like the Rangers are going to be sellers here at the deadline. If they do anything, they probably end up moving Chris Martin, and maybe they move uh, Mike Miner maybe an Andrew Kastner or something like that. But, you know, if they do that, Greg, I'll throw this back your way. Okay. They probably just shut down Joey Gallo, no? I agree. I totally agree What's the timetable for this injury? Hold on, please. Probably should ask, you know, Virginia, not you. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, you're, you're not an injury expert. What am I, I just thought if you, if you read the report, they might have had an, uh, a timetable next to it. Uh, he'll be sidelined through all of August, and we'll see. It'll be I, I mean, treated so very So by carefully. the time they get to September, they're not competing. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play another game this year. I agree with that. Same thing goes for Adalberto Montesi, who's dealing with the shoulder injury. Like, what kind of incentive do the Royals sure. have to rush him back? Mm-hmm. He's clearly a huge part of their future. So, just again, big blows for fantasy owners. And, you know, I would say they're big blows for the teams. Obviously, they are, but the Royals and Rangers are not competing for anything. So, it doesn't if, really matter. If you are a, in Texas and fan, playing fantasy baseball, are you running to pick up Willie Calhoun again? Yeah, I, I think that obviously makes some sense. They can um, they can use Hunter Pence again at the at the DH. They still have Nomar Mazzara. They have Shinsu Chu, who's had an awesome season. So yeah, especially in deeper leagues, Willie Calhoun was demoted recently. Uh, did they make that the corresponding move? Is that for sure, Greg? Or no, that's not for sure. That's, I'm just be speculating. Okay, yeah, I, you know I love Willie Calhoun. Is this guy has been a professional hitter every single level of the minors, and I think that that injury that he suffered when he first came up and he was mashing, then he suffered the injury. I think that really kind of derailed him because when he was first called up, Willie Calhoun was crushing it for the Texas Rangers. 
I think he's just had a really, really weird start to his career. He's not a good fielder, so he's kind of an odd man out. He can't play DH because they have Hunter Pence and they have Shinsu Chu. He's not a good outfielder. He's like a second baseman converted outfielder. It's been a really, really rough go the first couple of seasons here for Willie Calhoun, but he's going to be someone that I'm just going to continue to buy in on year in and year out, Greg, because it's in a really good ballpark, really good lineup, and I really do believe that he is a professional hitter, someone that can hit for batting average and power. So from a fantasy perspective, yeah, uh, but let's see if that's actually what they do, if they make that the corresponding move. Uh, From a betting perspective, you know, maybe this will lend itself towards you choosing the under more so in Texas Rangers games now or, you know, betting against them because they don't have that big Joey Ballo, uh, Gallo bat in the lineup. Now, anymore. is there something to potentially bet on like for the Red Sox to like, make the wild card now? Because the Rays are falling back. The Rangers falling back. Obviously, you mentioned that the A's and the Indians the are, Red Sox are, both are in there. two games out right now. All right. The Red Sox could surge. They have a big series against the Yankees this weekend. Any love there? To be a wild card team right now, here's the problem, Greg. You're just not getting great odds. You're getting the Boston Red Sox to be a wild card team. You could bet specifically on to be a wild card team on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Boston Red Sox at plus 130. Like, yeah, they probably make it, but money's money. That's fine. Like, if you end up doubling your money or, you know, a little bit more than that, obviously here at plus 130, that's fine. Uh, you know, if you're a Red Sox fan, it's probably something you should jump on. You probably should have jumped on it a couple of weeks ago when they were even further out. But yeah, I mean, you can never count the Red Sox out. They're probably going to make a move or two here at the deadline. I don't think that they make anything too crazy, Greg, because everything I've read says they want to stay under this luxury tax. Right. So I don't think that they're going to you know, acquire some huge name. Sure. You saw them already pick up Andrew Kashner. But I think that they go out there and they get another reliever. I don't know that they trust... You know, Nathan Avaldi or Brandon Workman as their I closer. Think, I think they do. I don't think they do anything crazy. I'm surprised they never really signed Craig Kimbrell. I always thought... Just, there's no urgency there. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to the Red Sox, it, it, it's really weird. I know that yes. they just won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, gosh. They did not. I'm so in on football right now. They did not. They just won the World Series, but it feels like this year they're just kind of going through the motions. Is that fair to say? It feels that there's, way. There's just no urgency. It, we'll does, see, it doesn't feel like they need to get back to we'll the postseason. Feel, we'll see what kind of urgency we have this weekend. Obviously, we'll watch these games a little bit closer. Yeah, Yankees-Red Sox. Yankees. It's going to yeah. be fun. should be fun. Hopefully, uh, the Yankees will... Um, the Yankees-Bats will continue to hit. Now, this is what you should be betting on, Greg. Talk to me. The Boston Red Sox. This is heresy for Yankees fans to hear. Cover your ears. Mm-hmm. Bet the Boston Red Sox in at the plus division? 1,700 to win the division. How many games back are they? I think 10 or 11. It's a lot of games. It's a lot of games. It's a lot of games. The Nationals are on their way to doing it, though. No, Greg? They had more time, though. But the thing is, if there's ever a time to do it, it's now. Because the... the well, no, the, it was probably the, a month ago. The Red Sox... Greg, the Red Sox at plus 1,700, right? They have... What, they have a four-game series coming up against the, Yan- the Yankees right now. And I think next week they, they face the Yankees three more times. Yep. If they go 5-2 and two in those games... Again, I hope not as a Yankee fan, but it's not... Insurmountable. If they go five and two, six and one in those games, the Red Sox make up huge ground in the ALE. You cut in half at plus seventeen hundred. I'm just saying, I wouldn't do it, but it's just it's just big odds, you know. Yeah, I, those are those are good odds. Plus seventeen hundred. Sure. Not something you would um, do. No, I can't talk you into this. No, <laughs> you're just getting them at such a such a great value, and it's no. just the fact that they're going to face the Yankees seven times in the next two weeks. They can make up a lot of ground. I'll just throw it out there. Um. 
Other baseball news, uh, we mentioned Blake Snell. We've now mentioned Joey Gallo. Uh, both of those stories worth monitoring here. Ezekiel Elliott, we talked about it last hour, but Ezekiel Elliott did not report, is not expected to report the training camp in L.A. Uh, with the Cowboys. The team plane left from Dallas to go to L.A. Now you can fly yourself there, obviously. But Ezekiel Elliott not expected to be there when camp opens in L.A. for the Dallas Cowboys. As I've mentioned, I believe the date is either the 6th or the 8th when this becomes an accrued season, and you brought this up as well, Greg, yes. that's the date that you really have to pay attention to, that if he doesn't arrive by then, then it he's pretty much, you know, okay, I'm doing this thing. I'm holding out. It wouldn't surprise me if Jerry Jones still, you know, breaks the bank for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, but yeah, it's obviously a huge storyline to pay attention to. I don't know that uh, you know, we would feel as good about the Dallas Cowboys potentially winning the NFC or the NFC East, with Tony Pollard as their starting running back. So, yeah, this has a huge effect on things, both for fantasy and, and from a betting perspective. Absolutely. It's, it's insane. Absolutely. It's obviously huge. Ezekiel Elliott news, we certainly news that we're going to have to follow. Yeah, I, Michael I Thomas, too. I don't feel nearly the same as I do about Zeke as I do about Melvin Gordon. I, I feel much more <laughs> strongly about Melvin Gordon holding out than I do Ezekiel Elliott. But I think it's clear because the agent like, did this whole statement and the Melvin Gordon had this whole statement and the Chargers came out with a statement. It's a lot of back and forth. Ezekiel Elliott's like, here's my... And he's younger though. He's he, younger than Melvin Gordon. Here's right? what I want. Less years already on those Let's legs. be like, give me what I want or I'll show up a little bit late. He's, right. going to be, he's going to want to be the highest paid running back in the NFL. Should he be? Why not? I think it's... You know, three out of the four years... How many years does he play? I think he's played three, right? Zeke? With one suspension. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's led the league in rushing each of the two years that he wasn't suspended. In the year that he was suspended, he led the league in rushing yards per game. So he would have led the league in rushing if he didn't get suspended. There's a huge... There's obviously a huge ideology, and there are a lot of statistics that back it up right now. People that are way smarter than me in the fantasy industry, in the football analytics industry, that say running backs don't matter. And there was a story that came out recently from uh, the gentleman who actually created the Air Yards website and founded Air Yards, uh, Frisco Josh on Twitter. Of course. He wrote an article about why Ezekiel Elliott is not worth the money that he would be asking for. So I employ, every, I, I would tell everyone to go out there and check it out and read it. So you can kind of get an analytics perspective of things. But obviously, every pure football fan, Cowboys fan, is going to come out and say, how can you not pay Ezekiel Elliott? I mean, this guy's one of the best running backs in the league. But there are analytics and stats that show that he may not be worth the money that he's asking for, Greg. That's Ezekiel Elliott. I would probably pay the guy. (laughs) We're going to have a lot more news on a whole lot more players, including franchise players like Julio Jones and Julian Edelman, because Virginia Zakis talks injuries with us. Next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Put 
Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wager account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. It's a free bet up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on content and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. And with that, we welcome in from Inside Injuries our good friend, Virginia Zakis. What's up, Virginia? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. How are you? Doing well. Excited to talk some NFL. Absolutely. Before we do, how nervous should we be about Gary Sanchez? Yeah, this is not good. Ow! So, in this groin injury is to his left side. Last year, he had two serious groin strains to his right side. Um, even though it's to the opposite side, it's still a huge concern. Um, groin strains, highly recurrent especially difficult for a catcher, of course, in that crouching position. Um, he did say that this one doesn't feel anything like the ones he dealt with last year, but minimum optimal recovery time, according to our algorithm, is three weeks. He absolutely should not return before then, especially because of his history. Um, he was already a high risk. It's now jumped up to 58%, which is incredibly high. So pretty concerned about Gary Sanchez. Um, think he can return maybe by late August, but he really should not return before then. We were talking downstairs about this, and we all kind of agreed that it wouldn't surprise us if he sits out until September. Obviously, you know, he's dealt with the groin strains. Last year was to the right. This year, it's to the left. I don't even know how he ended up hurting his groin, Greg, because he left the game the other day. He, he like, sprained his ankle running the yeah. like uh, at first base. So I don't even know where the groin came from, but overall... Again, another huge blow for fantasy. We've already got a ton of injuries that came out today, like Blake Snell and, and Joey Gallo, and now Gary Sanchez obviously being placed on the IL. I think he's not back until September, Greg. I totally agree. You said that when rosters expands, when he comes back, tough break, obviously, for the Yankees. Virginia, I know you don't have this available. It's all breaking news for us. Before we get into the football, I, I do want to try to mention it and see if you have any information on it. And, and that's both... Blake Snell and Joey Gallo, two players that just came out that uh, how serious their injuries are. And, and I'll start with I'll start with Gallo because it's something that we've heard about many times before. Where you break your hamate bone and have surgery on it in your right wrist, how that totally, totally saps the power. And how long typically is a recovery from a surgery on a broken hamate bone? Yeah, so it's actually not quite as serious as a lot of other hand or finger fractures. Um, but it's one of those injuries. We still are showing for him that he needs seven weeks for it to heal. And then it's going to be roughly another four weeks before he gets his power back. Um, with these wrist and hand injuries, it just, it takes a lot of time coming back from a fracture because you really can't do anything for at least a month or two while that bone heals. Um, and then you have to get the strength back in your wrist and hand and arm. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's back maybe five to six weeks, but it's going to take a couple months for him to get the strength back. Um, so it's going to hurt his performance probably for the rest of the season. Totally. That power is going to be relatively sapped for Joey Gallo up until next year. Same question though, uh, Virginia, when it comes to floating bodies in your elbow, it, it doesn't sound very good. Yeah. Again, it's pretty painful. Um, not too serious. It is realistic to see him back at the end of the season, but we are showing an eight to nine week optimal recovery time. Um, pitchers can return. We've seen him return in as soon as maybe six or seven weeks. That's, that's too fast. Um, elbow is still recovering. Um, and you're putting yourself at a very high risk of suffering a compensatory injury just because the elbow and the arm are not fully healed. But 
you know, realistic to see him back in nine to 10 weeks. Um, don't think he'll be quite the same pitcher um, until he has the offseason to fully recover, but it is realistic to see him later in the year. Greg, it's July 25th. I was not a math major, but eight to nine weeks basically brings us through to the end of the season. Deuces. Peace out, Blake Snow. That sucks. That does suck. For fantasy owners and Rays fans alike. Let's move over to the NFL, Virginia. I'll save Sony Michelle for Greg because that's his guy, and I'll let you give him all the bad news about Sony Michelle. I want to start off with AJ Green, where I'm hoping we can get some optimistic news here. Last year, he dealt with a toe injury, but he has been prone to other injuries in years past as well. Is AJ Green past this toe injury, and how much is he at a risk of re-injury this upcoming season? Yeah, I got some good news and bad news here. Um, Good news is AJ Green just hit his 30-week optimal recovery time following surgery. Um, So that means he should be ready to get back out there, start practicing, maybe not full speed doing all of the drills, but he should be pretty close to um, being a full participant. Um, And I expect him to be ready to go by week one. Um, The bad news here is we now have um, at least three documented toe injuries for him. And these injuries, as we've seen, are highly recurrent, especially for wide receivers, because they have to push off of that foot and that toe. It puts a lot of pressure on the ligaments. Um, And once they've been surgically repaired and have also been um, seriously sprained other times, they're just, they're not going to be the same as they were before the injury. Um, So right now it's looking like he's going to be an elevated risk right around 20% by the time the season starts. All right, so that's A.J. Green. Just what? I don't love that, man. I don't love that. It's kind of what I expected. Yeah, it's just he's dealt with these toe injuries before. He's a risk. I think he's, what, 30 30 years old now? He's actually turning 31 on July 31st, so he's been around a while, Greg. Well, the player that we've always compared to A.J. Green for years has been Julio Jones, who's battled his own foot injuries for years and years and years. last couple of years, it's gone pretty well for Julio Jones. Does that streak continue this year, Virginia? Yeah, we're actually showing that Julio is at a higher injury risk than A.J. Green, which kind of surprised me when I looked at it. But it's because he's had a lot more injuries. Um, A.J. Green's problems have been mainly to his uh, toe, also to his hamstring. But Julio has, in the last four seasons, we have hip, calf, ankle, toe, hamstring, hip flexure, and then he also had that Jones fracture back in 2013. So he's just had a lot of lower body injuries. Um, Now, Julio, he's one of those kind of freaks of nature who can somehow find a way, even if he's his body is at, you know, less than 50%, he finds a way to go out there and play. Um, So he's at a very high risk of injury. Um, He's going to be banged up throughout the season. I just feel like that's a given um, knowing his history. But he is at above average. Um, his HPF is at above average right now. So we actually do think he's going to be able to play pretty well as long as he can stay on the field. Virginia's right that, uh, look, this guy just plays through injury over the past five seasons. He's missed just three games. Like every single year, it seems like he pops up on the injury report, but he still finds a way to play through. I will say about this season is that he's already kind of missing practice. Like he's starting off with this foot injury. They said 10 to 14 days he could be, sit out of practice. Is he just at that point where he's like, I don't want to do this training camp thing anymore? Yes. That's probably it. Yes. That's what I'm thinking here. I don't, I don't really, I don't worry about him as a late first, early second round pick. Well, I, I don't worry about him either in that spot, but like, it does creep into my mind, like, oh, should I just take Michael Thomas instead of him? Like that? Yeah, yeah. Should I just take should, someone who's holding out? Should I just take Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> I know over him? I know should I just saying. take Odell Beckham over him? Why not Beckham? Just like, so you don't have to worry about the injury like, risk? Like, Odell Beckham has his own injury risk. Yeah. Like, maybe I should just take Juju over him. There's no risks. Yeah, I mean, look, you can 
You could talk yourself into it. I'm, I wouldn't do it, but I'm sure someone, someone can talk themselves into it. Virginia, we were talking earlier today uh, about the Denver Broncos, and in particularly Emmanuel Sanders, who's coming back very, very quickly from a Achilles injury. He didn't want to guarantee himself that he'd be ready for week one, but he's not on the pup list, and he seems to be practicing in seven-on-seven drills. How healthy should we expect Emmanuel Sanders to be? Yeah, so right now, not surprising, he's still a high injury risk. Um, but we are actually showing that he'll be in the above average HPF category by the time week one rolls around, if he can avoid a, any sort of a setback over the next month. Um, he is about to hit his optimal recovery time, um, but that's really just for the Achilles to heal. Um, you still have concerns when someone's coming back from an Achilles injury. The rest of the body just needs time to catch up. You have to build up your strength. Um, many players, we've seen calf strains, um, maybe a hamstring injury. We've got to keep a close eye on other injuries like that as he's returning. Um, and we've also seen that players that are over 30 years old, like Sanders, they just tend to have a harder time coming back from this type of injury. Um, he's probably going to lack explosiveness. Um, and he's just, especially in the first half of the season, he's not going to be the Sanders that we've seen in the past. But I do think he's got a pretty good shot at being ready to go week one. Manuel Sanders, a pretty good so shot said, good at value being right now. ready to go week one. He's currently wide receiver 51 off the board. And I'll take that value as a wide receiver five or wide receiver six on my team. Uh, he's just, I don't know how he's doing it right now. I've seen videos of him, you know, running up and down the field already, stopping and going, and it just seems crazy that he's recovered this quickly from an Achilles injury. Virginia, someone that I had to bring up. We all kind of got duped this morning about a Leonard Fournette report of him leaving the field. You saw the inside injuries tweet. I tweeted about it as well. Uh, it turned out that that report was a little uh, fugazi is the word that I would use, but Leonard Fournette has dealt with ankle injuries, hamstring injuries, chronic foot issues. Virginia, what is Leonard Fournette's HPF, and what is uh, his chance for re-injury heading into the season? So his HPF is actually now back in the peak category, currently at 92%, which is really good. Um, I was actually pretty surprised by that when I saw it. But, of course, his IRC is at 23%, which is right on the border of elevated and high. Um, it's pretty concerning for a guy who is supposedly currently healthy and had a relatively healthy offseason. Um, he had multiple hamstring strains last year, and he has that long history of foot and ankle injuries. Um, he's never had surgery, but those things tend to recur. Once you you know, sprain a ligament in your ankle or your foot, the ligaments get stretched out, and you're more susceptible to a future ankle or foot injury. So... And those are related. They are different body parts, but they're very closely related. So it's not really a surprise that he's had issues with both his ankle and his foot. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about him this year, of course. Um, I think it's just a matter of time before he gets hurt. Um, and those, you know, hamstring strains and foot injuries are two of the toughest injuries for running backs to both play through and to fully recover from. Um, and they're highly, highly recurrent. So I think it's only a matter of time before we see something with Burnett. Um, but for right now, he seems to be good to go. All right, Virginia, do you have any more time to hang out with us? Yep, of course. All right, beautiful. All right, we have a couple more players we want to talk to Virginia about. We're going to do that on the other side. We're going to get to our best bets as well. A whole lot more to come. BFFs, the action hour. We roll on. We continue here on a Thursday next. Hey, 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, final few minutes here of the program. Virginia Zakis is still here. I want to make sure uh, we get to all the players that we had uh, requested to talk about with her. So let's get right back into it. I mentioned Emmanuel Sanders before. His ex-teammate, Marius Thomas, he also tore his Achilles last year. It's kind of weird that both GT and Emmanuel Sanders had the same injury. And Demarius Thomas quietly signs with the New England Patriots, but we haven't heard as much about him getting healthy. No surprise comes from the Patriots. So we haven't heard all that much about him getting healthy. How healthy is he and how healthy will he be? Yeah, so he actually looks a lot worse than Emmanuel Sanders right now. Um, he's high risk and his HPF is currently below average. Um, uh, one concerning thing here is that this is his second torn Achilles. The other one was to the opposite side. It's actually pretty common um, when a player tears one Achilles to eventually later tear the other Achilles. Um, and that's what happened here. So it just it just makes his recovery a little more complicated. complicated. Um, the other thing that's not working in his favor is that he wasn't hurt until late December. Um, so he's actually got a lot less time to recover before week one. Um, we're showing that he's not going to hit his optimal recovery time until September. Um, and I've even seen one report that he could start the season on the PUP list, which would mean he has to miss the first six games. Um, I actually think that would be good for him um, to really get him healthy and uh, work on his lower body strength so that he can be um, out there and ready to go and not suffer a setback or another injury later in the season. It'll be interesting to see what the Patriots do. They obviously could use some help on the outside when it comes to their wide receivers. They drafted rookie Nikhil Harry. They have Julian Edelman in the slot. Uh, but they need some pass catchers there with Gronkowski no longer around. And that's where I want to stay, Virginia. I want to stay with the New England Patriots and Julian Edelman. It came out recently that he has a broken left thumb. Typically, how long does an injury like this take to heal? Is it something that could pop up later on in the season as well? It kind of sucks. The timing isn't good because you know I was actually really excited about Julian Edelman, as were a lot of other people for fantasy football this season. Yeah, we're showing an eight-week optimal recovery time for his thumb fracture. I actually think this is one of those injuries that once it has time to fully heal, as long as he doesn't come back too soon, he should be good to go. Um, I don't think he's going to have any lingering issues. But if he does try to start really catching passes in the next few weeks, um, I think that's a concern. Now, we don't know exactly when he was hurt. It sounds like it was roughly three weeks ago. Um, if that's the case, he should be um, healthy and ready to go right around week one. Um, of course, it's always a concern, though, when a player essentially misses the entire preseason. But in this case, because it's an injury to his hand, he um, you know, he should be in good shape. Conditioning shouldn't be an issue. Not the same as being out there and taking hits, but I think he has a good shot at being ready to go week one. Yeah, so Julian Edelman, we don't know exactly when this thumb ligament um, or where he broke his thumb. We know he's going to be out for like the next three or so weeks in training camp. He won't play in the preseason. I think he'll be fine for week one. I'm not moving him down like my fantasy draft board or having it affect my Patriots thoughts, Frankie. Sunday, September 8th is the first game for the New England Patriots going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, depending on when this injury occurred, that timetable is going to probably end up uh, pretty close to that point. So 
Cross your fingers. I hope Julian Edelman's good to go because he could be in line for a monster season, Greg. I also hope that Julian Edelman's teammate, Sonny Michelle, is ready to go. <laughs> He's had some injury issues thus far in his early career here in Virginia. A lot of people in the fantasy community, they don't like Sonny Michelle. Do you? Nope. Um, we warned about him um, even before he was drafted by the Patriots. Um, he had a, He's previously tore his ACL. He had multiple shoulder injuries, forearm fracture. Um, in college, he had another knee injury, and he had an ankle sprain all in college. Um, that's incredibly concerning. Then you now add in the fact that he's had arthroscopic knee surgery. Um, he missed the preseason last year along with two games because of his knee. Um, they haven't really said what exactly has been addressed, but when a player suffers a serious, a, a torn ACL, um, there, there's often cartilage damage. Um, there's just all sorts of stuff that happens, um, wear and tear on the knee as time goes on. So these follow-up arthroscopic procedures are pretty common. It might help in the short term, but long-term there are some major red flags here. Um, I, I don't really see him being ready to go week one, but you know, too soon to tell until he really gets back on the field. But even if he is back in the first few weeks of the season, I think it's only a matter of time before he gets hurt again and misses more time with either a knee injury or another compensatory injury. Could be his hamstring or something like that. I was right. <clears throat> Sorry, Greg. Just uh, reminding you that I was right about Sony Michelle. Great. Want to stick with the ACLs here and uh, past knee injuries and Will Fuller coming off the ACL. By the time week one rolls around, he will be 11 months removed from the ACL, and I know a lot of the uh, the sports medicine and technology that we have now, these guys are able to bounce back from the ACL injuries quite quickly. Is that going to be the case for Will Fuller by the time week one rolls around, Virginia? Yeah, so he tore his ACL back in October. Um, where we showed roughly a nine-month optimal recovery time for him, which means he should be just about fully recovered from that torn ACL. Um, now, what I'm concerned about here is that you know, we saw it with Dalvin Cook last year. Players coming back from a torn ACL often suffer injuries such as a hamstring strain. Will Fuller has a very concerning history of hamstring injuries. Um, he had him in 2016. He had him last year. And he's had a few other injuries as well. So while I think his knee is going to be okay, I think at some point he's going to get hurt again. And we already heard a report that yesterday he might have hurt his hamstring. Not sure yet how serious it is, if he's okay or not. Um, I think he is okay. I don't think it's anything. But again, it's just something to keep an eye on. Um, I would actually be pretty surprised if at some point he doesn't tweak his hamstring. This is something to pay attention to closely, Greg, because obviously we want as much exposure to the Texans wide receivers. We've seen what Will Fuller has done with Sean Watson in his career. But on the other side of that, you know, if Will Fuller misses any time, Kiki QT's mm -hmm. target share is mm -hmm. just going to go up. Absolutely. We're talking about hamstrings, and Kiki QT has dealt with hamstrings as well. So uh, we just need these guys to stay healthy, and then ultimately the Texans' offense should be one of the best in the league. Absolutely. One last player who seems to always be injured. We're going to talk about him a lot on tomorrow's show. That's Sammy Watkins here at Virginia. Sammy Watkins has certainly dealt with his injury issues over the past several years. Will it be different this year? Unlikely. Um, <laughs> He, he had his two surgeries on uh, to address a Jones fracture back in 2016, and then last season he missed about half of the season with an issue with his other foot. Um, the Chiefs never really admitted what was going on, but we do know that when he was originally hurt in week nine, he returned two weeks later, which we said was two weeks too soon, um, especially considering his injury history, and then he didn't play again until the playoffs. Um, Again, don't know what exactly it was, but there was likely either maybe a stress fracture in his foot or a very serious ligament sprain. Um, either of those could 
very easily recur. Um, and then on top of that, he's also had a calf injury, ankle injury. Last year, he battled hip and hamstring injuries in the first half of the season. So it just kind of always seems like it's something with him. Um, and, and if he continues to try to play before he's fully healed, he's just going to keep piling up the other injuries. So, you know, I think he's going to be ready to go at the start of the season. He He's looked fine so far, but um, I'm just not optimistic that he can make it through the season without missing a big chunk of time. Greg, people want exposure to that Chiefs offense so bad that so they're badly. willing to overlook the injury history of Sammy Watkins. Yep. And, you know, his ADP has fluctuated because the news about Tyreek Hill just came out recently. He's kind of settling in now in that, like, sixth-round range, which isn't really dissimilar from last year. But we know that he comes with uh, some pretty big baggage in the injury department. Absolutely, absolutely. Sammy Watkins, for years, has never been able to get fully healthy. Virginia Zakis, we appreciate all the time today. We know we had a lot of players to get to, and we appreciate you sticking around with us to make sure we got to all of them. Yeah, thanks, guys. Awesome. There you go. Virginia Zakis, follow him at Inside Injuries. Virginia is with us each and every week. Frankie's that time of the day. It's our best bets of the night. The best bets forever. We have to have Bavona make some kind of music bed so that we can kind of talk over it while we do this. Mm-hmm. Um we're hot, Greggy. We are hot. Normally, you know, you've been doing your thing all year, admittedly. You've been crushing it in the baseball department. But now we, together, Greggy, are getting it done. We went a combined 3-0 and last night, including you hitting on your ups- upset special once again, Greggy. Two nights in a row. I had the, uh, the Miami and White Sox under nine. That game finished two zip. That was Zach Gallon against Ronaldo Easy, Lopez. baby. Easy win. You had... Cleveland and Toronto, a pitcher's duel. Shane Bieber going the complete game shutout against Marcus Stroman. That was actually a great game to watch. I pick watched. The, pick the under in that one, I believe. That was 4 0. You had under 8.5. Eight eight half. Half. Yeah. My math is correct. That's under 8.5. Sure is, Frankie. Absolutely. And you hit the upset special, which was the Angels narrowly pulling out the win against the Dodgers. So on the week, that makes me 4 and 2. That makes you. Technically three and two in your best bets, but two and zero in upset specials. So if we Great. combine those, you are five and two on the week. Greg. We're doing well. It's a good week for Crushing. the BFFs here this week. All right, Frankie, let's get into it right now. Let's start with tonight's main event of the evening: Yankees and Bo Sox. Porcello Tanaka. Frankie, as hot as we've been, this Thursday slate is disgusting. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I'm looking at this Yankee game. Tanaka has a 4.00 ERA. We, I was looking at this downstairs in the pit yesterday over his last nine starts. He has an ERA over five. You remember last time he pitched in London? Everybody got bombed. I realized that, but he was going up against Boston, and Tanaka also got destroyed in that start. Rick Porcello has a 5.61 ERA. Greg, you kind of... Are you picking up what I'm putting down right now? You feel it? You feel it? I mentioned the ERAs of these guys. The total is 11. Kind of like the over. It's a big number. Yankees are hot right now. They they just scored a ton of runs in that series against the Minnesota Twins. Porcillo's not pitching well. Tanaka's not pitching well. I don't know that I want to mess with the side here in Fenway. But if I had to lean something, I would take the over 11 runs. It's not one of my best bets, though. A lot of runs scored here in this game. Or, or Sorry, scored by the Yankees and the Twins in the last series. Do they keep those bats humming tonight in Boston? You, you like anything in this game, Greg? No. You're out. I'm out. All right, what do we got next? Jose Barrios, Lucas Giolito, White Sox, and Twinkies. Twins are a heavy favorite here in this one. Uh, Total since eight and a half. Yeah. 
I'm not going to choose a side in this one because I, I think this is a uh, I think this is a close game. It reminds me a little bit of yesterday's Shane Bieber and Marcus Stroman's call. It was a it was the same line actually in terms of the run line. Uh, so we're here at a total of eight and a half. I'm taking the under, Greg. This is one of my best bets of the night. You get the under eight and a half at minus one hundred two. That is Jose Berrios going up against Lucas Giolito and the White Sox. Giolito has been awesome. He's pitched better as of late. Jose Barrios has been a little bit inconsistent up and down, but I just don't trust this White Sox lineup right now to score any runs without Eloy Jimenez in this lineup. Yes, they still have Jose Abreu, but outside of that, I think like John Jay's been in this lineup. Uh, so I don't have a lot of faith in this offense. I love the over tonight. I mean, under at eight and a half, Greg. Yeah, the under uh, certainly seems to be what I would prefer in this game. Not one of my best bets, however. I prefer the under. Uh, what you got next? Indians and Royals, Adam Pluka, Mike Montgomery. Oh, gosh. What a disaster of a game here. You have the uh, the Cleveland Indians who are surging right now. Minus 142 favorites with a total at 10. Adam Plutko against Mike Montgomery. You know, I'd want to be interested in the total here at 10, but much like the White Sox and, and these bad teams, right? It's like White Sox, Royals, Tigers. It's like, can you count on them to score enough runs to help contribute to that total? I don't know that I could count on the Royals, Greg. I'm staying away from this game. Uh, here we go. My best bet of the night is in this game. I'm taking the under between the Royals and the Indians. Adam Pluko, Mike Montgomery. I don't think they get over uh, 10 runs. Three more games to go. Jose Suarez and the Angels. Jimmy Acabonis opening for the O's. Angels are a heavy favorite, Frank. Well, Greg, shouldn't you take this one? I mean, it's your boy Jimmy Yacobonis opening up. I do love him. For the Baltimore Oreos. The Los Angeles Angels have Jose, Jose Suarez on the mound. Yes. Mm-hmm. Minus 240 with a total at 10.5. The game is taking place in Anaheim. Just a huge, huge uh, favorite here for the Los Angeles Angels. I wouldn't touch them unless you're parlaying it with something else. The total, again, it's like I would take the over 10.5 just because I don't trust the Orioles pitching, but I also don't trust their hitting. Not touching this game. Rangers and Athletics, A's are a heavy favorite. Game total is 9. Yeah, minus 194 for the Oakland A's. Uh, you know, I'd be interested in uh, parlaying the A's with someone else. Right, we have like 10 seconds left here, man. Mariners, Tigers. <laughs> Mariners are a heavy favorite. Yeah, I'm not touching that game. I don't like yeah, it. I want you to do things like that. Thanks to EY. Thanks to Virginia. Thanks to Danny. Thanks to Andy. Thanks to Ventra. He's Frank. I'm Greg. We'll do it all again one more time this week tomorrow. We, we hope. hope. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. So what did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. And the big story, of course, surrounding the Los Angeles Chargers is Melvin Gordon. Entering the final year of his contract before the fifth-year option, and he said, hey, I want a new deal. I am worth a new contract. Show me the money. Thus far, the Chargers have not, and they don't appear to be close. Guys, we all know how serious a holdout can get. We saw it Le'Veon Bell, who actually held out the entire season last year. Eric, where do you feel comfortable taking Melvin Gordon? 
I mean, if I'm being completely honest, this is uh, one of my favorite running backs of all time. I was all massively time. high, if you guys can remember, um, last year um, or the year before and had a huge uh, breakout season. Uh, I think he can do everything, um, but this is scary. I was a guy that in one of my really important leagues, I drafted Le'Veon Bell, and I suffered. I suffered all year. Uh, so this is definitely, a, you know, you have to let them slide. But, I mean, this is no different than, you know, uh, the risk of a starting running back getting hurt in the first game. Look, drafting in the first part of the draft or drafting anywhere, there's risk to every single player. They can get hurt. They can get, uh, they can have contract stuff. This is is a real concern. Um, I'm going to side with the players on, you know, almost 100% of the things. I sided with Le'Veon Bell. I signed with him, uh, with Melvin Gordon. He, he should be higher paid than he is. And uh, if he doesn't hold out, they're not going to give him the money willingly. San Diego is, is famous for being a very cheap team. Uh, last year, they held out and, uh, and waited waited Bosa out. Um, he ended up getting some money, but but not what I think he wanted. So this is something that could happen. Uh, I believe they need Melvin Gordon. I think they proved last year that um, he's their best running back and best chance at, at making a deep run in the playoffs, so they want him in camp. But he's going to slide. I had him as a top five, but now I think he's, uh, he's in my bottom. He's uh, close to my bottom 12. Yeah, I actually agree 100% with EY. The only leverage that players have right uh, at to try and get the money that they want is what Melvin Gordon is doing right now and holding out. And especially the shelf life of a running back in the NFL is not long. You have to get paid while you can and while you're healthy. And we know Melvin Gordon has been dinged up here and there, so he's trying to get paid. So I agree 100% on him holding out, but... Obviously, that has its effect on fantasy football. If he were in camp and everything was good, I think he's a top five, top six pick. You know, no questions about it. Right now, I have lowered him down to my RB13, which might seem crazy. I have him just behind Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, and Damian Williams. Be sure to follow all our social media at FNTSY.